Welcome to this week's episode of Soccer Neophytes Podcast. City with a massive midweek win, and then a massive letdown, and then Arsenal rebounds. Is Liverpool back? Rashi helps United win the Woot Derby and a performative best bet. Gentlemen, what's up? Hey, yeah, what's, hey. Going on? what's going on? I think I mispronounced Woot. I always want to wow. say Woot, but I think it's Wout because it rhymes with shout, right? That's yes. the chant, yes. the chant you wanted. Wow, yeah. let it all out. Yeah. Andrew loved that one. That's I hate it. I think it's terrible. <laughs> um, I think it's a terrible chant. But yes, that's what I don't think they've done it. With. I mean, he hasn't really done that much. He's he's been he's played really well and really consistent, but he hasn't scored more than I think one goal. Um, so I don't think. Yeah, he's so he doesn't deserve a chant. That's Not what yet. we're saying, right? Not yet. Did you guys? No one commented, but I sent the video last night of the chants back and forth between Forest and City. Amazing! Did you guys see that? I did. And here's the thing. Um, if City and Forest were closer in rank, maybe, then I would care. But, I mean, City is number two slash almost number one, and Forest is, like, number 16. So I don't give a flying fuck. I got to be honest. But it's just funny when you're talking to, and you don't, you probably don't understand the context. The context is that City cannot, like, they have the best team in the world and they can't win the Champions League. And so there's this historic, like, failure for them to win Champions League. And so they're basically mocking them, like, you're never going to win Champions League. So I think it's very funny because it's actually, I don't know, it's funny when a shitty team mocks a way better team. I think yeah, well, I mean Forest is not good and City is quite good. So you're right. No, I'm with you. I find it funny. When you when you can mock them about something that's true, obviously, and when you draw with them. Like there's a lot of things in that context that I find uh I find funny. So but we're not getting there yet. We are gonna start with uh we made a pivot just this morning uh to have Oh, wow. We got shots happening in the background. One day we'll do YouTube and then you can see all the stuff we're drinking. But, uh, but Kyle, uh, he, we made a pivot because Wolves Bournemouth was a horrific game to math to watch. That's what he was supposed to watch. So I made that comment and Kyle's like, well, is there another match we could do? So I reworked the schedule so that he could watch Tottenham West Ham. So Kyle, give us give us your thoughts on on Tottenham West Ham. All the random thoughts I have for you guys today. Um, I don't know why I haven't thought of this earlier, but beginning of a match, like what what do they call like? It's not a kickoff, but what what? How do you start the game? <laughs> I say, like the game, everybody started on their knee, which I don't think I've seen that before. Is that normal or not? That is, well, this month it is. So there was a season right after George, George Floyd where they took a knee like against racism. 
and racism in soccer are like two peas in a pod. So there's a lot of racism that happens within mostly fans towards players, but there's even like interplayer racism. Um, and so it's a, it's a pretty big deal within soccer. So they started taking a knee before matches for that. Then at the beginning of this season, they decided to stop doing it except I guess for February for black history month, I'm assuming that's why. So for this month, they've been doing the knee before matches, like to say no to racism, essentially. What, what other thoughts do you have? Uh, beginning of the game, they said, uh, let's see, Tottenham was a win away, I guess, from being within the top three. And um, West Ham was, I guess, one game from being in or out of the, is it the relegation zone? Is that what it's called when you are when you get kicked out of the minors or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. So they're, flirt- they're not very good. They're struggling. Yeah. They're having a hard season. So they're towards the bottom of the table. Gosh, okay, I thought that was right. Uh, <clears throat> well, automatically I was for um, West Hampton just because, as Chris knows, I really can't cheer for anything. Let's name the Spurs. Um, <laughs> um, but the Maroon, I'm not a fan of Maroon. By the way, I feel like this is the worst kit matchup I've seen. It's terrible. In my opinion. I thought I thought about boring as basic as you can get. Um, and then I just don't like the maroon and whatever silver colors. So I think these are terrible, two terrible kits, in my opinion. It's maroon and like baby blue, which is yeah, the exact same color combination as Aston Villa. If you remember, it's it's the exact I, you're right. same. You're right, but Aston, I don't know. These these are worse. Yeah, it's like a color. It's like a color combination you get like in Little League World Series. <laughs> totally representing Southeast. Maybe maroon and, and blue. Yeah, I just – after last week's good kits, these are just uh, – they're trash, in my opinion. Um, and it's true. Tottenham's home kits are just it's, boring. They're just I, boring. I'm getting lost in the ads, and it's just basic. I, I don't know. I, I didn't like them at all. Um, question. So I was looking at a lot of the players' cleats today. Mm. These guys have like scholar or uh, sponsorships, like NBA players got, like American players. Do they get sponsorships for different brands, or do they have their own cleats, their own shoe? How does that work? I'm a, I'm assuming so, but you know, in fact, I I mean, I'm assuming they do, but I don't know how it works exactly with their their cleats. I mean, do they have you know have their own like uh, Jordan brand, they have their own shoe, their own nothing like that, nothing. CR Seven do. does. For sure. Christian, Cristiano Ronaldo for sure does. I know my boys have some of those. That's Nike, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like how Nike has Devin Booker as an athlete. So they do have sponsorship deals where they have a lot of soccer players under their banner. Yeah. Um, but they don't necessarily have signature shoes for all of them. So like Devin Booker doesn't have a signature Nike shoe right now. Um, but he wears all Nike shoes all the time. He wears Kobe's, whatever. So it's yeah. kind of the same thing. So um, they they have contracts. They have sponsorship deals. Uh, the clubs have their own sponsorship deals as well that I'm sure the players get access to those cleats if they don't have any. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's just like the NBA. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, <clears throat> let's see. About I don't know I don't know how far into the game I heard the name Harry Kane 
and I've heard that name a ton so far. I didn't know who. I literally had to go Siri here. He came to see what side he was on, what number he was. I had no idea. Um, so number ten, so I got to watch him. I know. Well, the problem like heard- is you probably were like confused because they didn't say Harry fucking Kane, which is the only way you've heard it said. Yeah, his name is Harry Kane, and we're gonna treat his name with respect. This is the okay. <laughs> I, I um, thought of it. We're going to put respect love, on his like, name. You're going to say Mr. Harry Kane, sir. Yeah, okay. I know you love him. Yeah. Um, so I was ex- interested to see what he was all about, since that's all I've heard Andrew talk about. <laughs> totally. Um, so referees with the headphones. Who are they talking to? How's that work? Like, what is that about? Like, they're, like, <laughs> talking into a microphone, like, it's like they're talking to someone in a booth or something. Is that right or wrong? Okay, well, yes. They're talking to the other refs on the field. And so they're like the also line. communicating. And they're also communicating upstairs to VAR for any challenges or anything that needs to be reviewed. But yeah, it's inner referee communication. That should be implemented in the States. Well, NFL does it now. Do they? Yeah, yeah. You notice like line judges and everyone, they don't have to walk all the way in anymore. They Tap their European talk, and they can talk to the umpire. Interesting. Okay. Um, I already told Nate this. The Peacock app was a little bitch today. It kept every time I I pause it for more than like a minute, it takes me back to the beginning of the game. I had to rewind and guess where I was at like six times. <laughs> um. So that was fun. Um. It's never done that before. All the other games I've ever watched, whenever I pause it for work or whatever, I come back to it. It's fine, but. Not that this matters about the game, but that just annoyed the hell out of me. I had to like six times guess about 14 minutes in, I think. And Peacock, it was still through- Peacock's one of the worst. It's it's not good. NBC yeah. Sports has done such a good job with their Premier League coverage, but when they switched everything to the Peacock app, that sucks. I legit just looked up and guessed the number. When I saw it, it was still 0 0. I'm like, okay, I, I didn't miss shit. I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, See, let's see, let's see, let's see. Okay, so one of the guys on um, Tottenham uh, had like a blonde dyed hair, like like Dennis Rodman looking hair. Do you know what I'm talking about? I swear to God, if we're going to get into a fight about Richarlison, we should do it now. It's probably Richarlison, but it could. Doesn't yeah. Emerson have similar hair? Emerson? No. no, it was like blonde on top and shaved on the side or something like that. Yeah, it's probably Richard. Like Richard Yeah. So that made me think of Dennis Rodman, obviously. And then that made me think, does the Premier League have a Dennis Rodman, in a sense? Like, the, the, the bad boy of the league, someone who's like, everybody hates him, he's maybe dirty. But do you follow? Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think. If so, I want to watch that team. We might need to come back to this. This is a great question. This is a great question. I'm trying to think of a guy who who comes in. Get well, Diego Costa for Wolves used to used to be this guy. He's not really anymore. But when he played for Chelsea, he had that kind of personality, hard tackles, but he's and kind of shit house. But he's not really that guy anymore. One, he just doesn't have the talent. Um to make it matter. Um, 
but yeah, gosh, I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure uh, we'll get, I'll get a message from Stu tomorrow and I'll screenshot it and send it to you guys. But uh, yeah, cause that's a, that's a tough comp because there's not like a lot of like just pure hated guys, like uh, who were super talented, really good. Um, you want them on your team and you don't ever want to play against them is like yeah. probably the best like wrap up of who Dennis Rodman was. Yep. Yeah. And I can't like I don't know if there's like a whole lot of universally hated guys in the league. It's not the Schwab. But then they need to be at the top end of the talent here too. I think right. I think Plus, maybe oh. the only person and it's not because he's kind of like a hard tackler, but Jamie Vardy has that type of like, he's kind of a, he's a mocker. Like he scored against wolves one time and then went to the corner and did this like howl into the wolves section. Like, Oh, you know, like he's kind of a mocker. He's got that kind of edge to him. Um, I sent you guys that that podcast this week. I don't know if any of you guys listened to it is Roy Keane versus Patrick Vieira. And that, uh, that was kind of that they had that type of rivalry where they're just hard nose, like brutal. Who's this guy played for? the guy that the howling guy, who's he played for Lester, but he's old and he's not really performing at a high standard anymore. So He's not even playing right now. I think he's injured. I think he's back, actually. I think I saw him on the pitch last week. And so he got lives. zero minutes against United. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know you said you went to some games there, and I think I asked you about, like, food and, and alcohol, and then I got told about pot pies. What kind of ticket prices? Like, I know it's in pounds, and but, like, translate that shit for me. Like, what am I looking at? American dollars to go to good, good seats at, you know, at a good. Well, they're really hard to find. So that's the first thing. Like people are waiting forever to get season tickets. So they'll be on a list. Someone's got to drop their season tickets. You know, these stadiums are more, are pretty small other than your major, major clubs. So um, tickets can be hard to find and they've got a ton of restrictions on transferring tickets. You're sp- if you don't want your tickets, you've got to release them back to the clubs and then they redistribute through like a ticket pool and, and every club does it a little different, but it can be quite challenging. I bought some tickets through a, a third party app and they ended up being, I don't know, like I think 40 or 50 bucks. So not, not unreasonable. By That's kind of what I'm Yeah. <clears throat> um, but the bigger thing is that they're just really hard to get. And technically if I would have gotten checked at either of the matches I went with, with Stu, I would have like, they wouldn't have let me in because I was using other people's tickets. So. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, did you watch this game or at least the highlights of it? Yeah. The goal celebration on the first goal of the game was epically amazing. Do you recall? I don't remember it. Shirt, the, the soccer ball, like a belly and then the little. Oh yeah. That's that, that's a classic celebration when a player has a, has a, uh, a, a partner who's pregnant. So 
often <laughs> when when a player has um a, a spouse or partner who's pregnant they do that celebration that was fantastic i have never seen that in any sport yeah so i appreciate that um let's see antonio it's massive like a dk metcalf of soccer yeah who is it they showed him complaining oh, oh back, back antonio goodness that guy is ripped it's insane Oh yeah. You actually I, know, I don't know. Soccer players were made like that. Oh yeah. You're yeah. gonna love Trey Warrior. What's that? Chris, Chris You're gonna is... love this guy Adama Trey Warrior for Wolves. Yeah. Dude, he's ripped. Just wait. But Mikel Antonio also. He is he's a beast. I love that guy. Yeah, it was massive. Um, let's see. I don't have a whole lot else. I'll let you get moving on. I have, uh my last notes are basically uh, uh, two nothing, right or two nil? Final, right? Yeah. The both goals had very, very sick assists. Like the first one, I was like needled through like three guys. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like the, the the passing is is more impressive than the goal scoring at times. Like the both of those passes were insane. It's very true. Again, my opinion. I don't really know how to, to critique the good sides of soccer, but. Both assists, I thought, were amazing, in my opinion. I was yeah. a little scared. 0-0 zero, zero at half. I was like, goodness, he switched his game for me and it's still 0-0 zero, zero at half. <laughs> Believe me. But I got to see some action in the second half. Um, Guaranteed so. better watch than than Wolves-Bournemouth. That match was done. That's all that matters. I will not be picking either of these two teams for my favorite team. That is a fact. I don't care how many more times I watch them. I just can't get with those those kits. Um, but uh, yeah, man, that's that's kind of my my thoughts on the games today. My thoughts on soccer and stuff I didn't know. So appreciate the input. And uh, yeah, let's move on. Uh, City midweek beats Arsenal more or less. More or less drubs them. Uh, great victory for them. Pulls them to the top of the table. Um, Arsenal looked all right. They actually had, I think, better possession, um, but lost 3-1. And then City goes out and draws against Forest. And to be fair, City had a lot of opportunities in that game. Um, my save of the week was from that match Navas for uh Forest which with I never saw it from the front angle I only saw it from the back angle but it looked like a real life cock block like it looked it it was from like 6 yards out straight at his dick at least that's what it looked like and he saved it I mean it was a, it was an amazing save it was fast hard Obviously, it could have been left to right of him, but um, a, a good save. And City, of course, like they sh- they should win most games, but but they drew with Forrest, which is a big surprise. And then Arsenal coming out rebounding with a good victory against Villa, and and more or less, I think, with the victory against Villa, what was most impressive to me was them coming back twice. They're down one nil, then they were down two one, then they come back to win four two. 
Uh, really good rebound victory for Arsenal, moving them back to the top of the table. Um, two points against over City now with a game in hand. Uh, five points against uh, over United, who we'll get to here in a little bit. But any any comments uh, from you guys about City or Arsenal matches? I actually checked. What's that, Kyle? Check the ESPN app to see who won. Is the first game I was actually curious about seeing the result on that I didn't watch or bet on. <laughs> I was very underwhelmed by Arsenal against Villa. Um, I know they came back. The their last two goals are kind of garbage. I mean, the Emilianenko, the win, the game winner in the ninety third minute goes off the post, off the keeper's face, and back into the goal. Like that goal is never going to happen again. It, I mean, it was like fascinating. That, that one wasn't. That one was earlier, but uh, that was a bit earlier. It was in the ninety third minute. Was it? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like in the 83rd or something. No, it was in the 93rd minute. And then with Villa just trying to flood forward, they gave up that the the breakaway to Martinelli where they, they brought um yeah, because the keeper really was out all the way forward, and so there was no keeper, so you just got to dribble all the way down. But yeah, it was the 93rd minute. The game was almost over, and you had this ridiculous own goal. So that was a great strike. I mean, it was, it was, it a, was. obviously it's not a goal and it's like, it's lucky, but that right. was a beautiful strike strike off the, off the post. Right. And yeah. And so I just, I felt bad for Villa. I was not impressed with Arsenal. The score didn't tell the full story for sure. For Should sure. have been a draw there, but it's, you know, Hey, they did get the win. So what can you say? Yep. Got to get the points where you can get them. So yeah, for sure. United with a great, uh, great, decisive victory in the Woot Derby. I'd actually forgotten until I saw Face make that horrible mistake that led, I think, to the first goal. And when I saw it, I was like, Face, I'm like, I think his name's Wout. I'm like, how there are two Wouts in the same game? I'm like, this is amazing. But Chris, tell us uh, your impressions on, on United. Obviously, they're playing great. Uh, top of the table since the mini league or since the world cup break top of the table since the third week on uh, what impressed you about this match? Um, I'll be honest. Lester impressed me like a three nil game looks one way in the score sheet, but if you watch that game, Lester deserved a couple goals for sure. Dude. The made two incredible saves. Two really. incredible saves. Um, so, I mean, I'm on the record. Leicester is one of my favorite teams. I almost picked them. They, they, they ended up being number two when I was picking teams. So I'm always going to have a soft spot for them. Um, so a good game. Marcus Rashford's on a, just another, I don't even know what to say right now. Like what he's doing is pretty incredible. It's not like, you know, Erling Holland uh, started the season just on fire you know, four, three or four uh, hat tricks, just insane. But like what Rashford's doing right now is equally as impressive, I guess I should say. Like there's not a whole lot of danger in the United lineup for the most part outside of him. I think they're still trying to figure a lot of stuff out. And Bruno Fernandez is playing 
unreal football right now. He's not scoring, but he's doing everything else. His assist on that third goal, that whole sequence of events, the, the, the tackle to win the ball back, and then the passing between him, Bruno, and, and Sancho was just beautiful. Yeah. There's like a, I can't remember what the name of the rating system is, but they combine like everything you do on the field and then give it a score. And Bruno finished this week in first place for the week, a full point ahead of second place who was Marcus Rashford. <laughs> and so, you know, Rashi got two goals in this game and Bruno's first assist to Rashford on that one. It was, I, I don't know how he does that. It's kind of what we were talking about last week, Kyle, where like these dudes, how they put the spin on the ball and kind of make it curve and go wherever they want yeah. to go. But he kicks it with the outside of his outside foot to get it to go the opposite way to tail away from the defender so that Rashi can run up on it and take it. It's, it was awesome. It was great. So super impressed by Leicester. They have a literal giant on their team. I don't know if you've watched Leicester very much, and I'm going to totally butcher his name. I think it's uh, Harry Sutar. If I'm thinking, I mean, he's like 6'6", and he looks like he's 300 pounds. He wow. is massive. I had never seen him before. Not that I'm watching a lot of Leicester matches. He's definitely either new or haven't played for them very much. But, like, he's a giant. He is a literal giant. I don't know how big this is because the Premier League site, site is all in metric, but he's 190 centimeters. So whatever <laughs> that means, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> So anyways, uh, fun match, Brad, glad, 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 glad United got the win. Uh, Rashford continues an unbelievable streak. Uh, he's scored now in seven straight home Premier League games, which ties Wayne Rooney's club record. So their next home Premier League game, he could break Wayne Rooney's record. And I think he scored in something like 12 or 14 or 13 or 15 or something like that game since the uh, World Cup break ended, which is at a higher clip than what, you know, Erling was doing earlier in the season, but when Erling scores, he scores a lot. So yeah, yeah it's a great, it's a great, uh, great Sunday morning to be a United fan. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the Holland, I, we didn't talk about this, but did you see Holland miss those, those two shots? He had a break. No. He had like a shot go off the post and then it rebounded right back to him and he skied it into like yeah. Rosie or Rosette as they say <laughs> in England. I'm surprised Kyle wasn't watching because that's usually what he does when Kyle's watching. That's true. But he was like in the six yard box, like in just, just, I mean, he, he was trying to put it into the top bins and just skied it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other team that I really think uh, everyone should be worried about, and we started talking about him last week, that's Liverpool. Liverpool with a, a good two nil win over Newcastle. Newcastle had their opportunities. They actually played pretty well, but Newcastle's issue, uh, they're, they're essentially wolves, like a, a step up on wolves. So they don't allow any goals, but they have a really hard time scoring goals too. And uh, they had multiple opportunities to score in this match and just couldn't. But Liverpool came out quick, two quick goals, um, which Liverpool's also had some problems up front with a lot of injuries really. Um, 
But finally, they've got Darwin Nunez and Cody Gakpo scoring, uh, even though Nunez went off late late in the match. But um, score two goals, and then on their way to a third, and the very rare keeper handball. <laughs> Kyle, you hear about this? What the hell is that? Nick, Nick Pope, keeper for Newcastle, got a red card for a handball. How does that even how does, I don't understand. Because he was outside of the box. So, and all the attention's on the red card. But Allison, the keeper for Liverpool, is one of the most re- remarkable passers in the league. He gets the ball and just fires it down the field, kicks it probably two thirds of the way down the pitch, but just on a dime to, I think, Mosala. And the keeper comes out of his box to try and stop it. And he falls down. And the and he, the ball like kind of falls next to him, and it's gonna bounce away. And he reaches his hand out and grabs it. Straight red keeper touching the ball with his hand outside of the box is a straight red. So he's out. Um, saved a goal probably, <laughs> but uh, the thing for him that really sucks, and for Newcastle, he's been one of the best keepers in the league with one of the best defenses, if not the best defense. But he misses the cup match. So this weekend is the Carabao cup final Manchester United versus Newcastle and he's out. So big blow. You know, what's, you know what's funny about that is we, we talked last week about the backup keeper, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> here's what's amazing. Nick Pope, red card suspended for next three games. He's going to miss the cup final on Sunday. Their backup is Martin Dubrovka, who yep. Newcastle sent on loan to Manchester United at the beginning of the season. Yep. He played in a cup game for Manchester United this season, which means he can now no longer play against Manchester United in the same cup tournament. That's right. Not allowed to play. They call it being cup tied. That's right. He's cup tied. That's right. He's cup tied. So they are using their third string goalkeeper, who kind of looks like. a love child of Chris Hemsworth and Kevin DeBoyna. Uh His name that is could, that could go really well. That could go really well for him or really poorly. Yeah. Well, he's not a bad looking guy. Uh, he's got a man bun. Is it Gillespie? And, uh, what's that? Is it Gillespie? No, it's Loris Carius. Oh, Carius. Yes. yes. The German keeper. Yes. Yeah. So he will be the keeper playing in the final on Sunday. Wow. What's, what's crazy about that. And we, it is funny that we're talking about backup keepers two weeks in a row. I would guess. Oh yeah. He's pretty badass, dude. He looks awesome. I love, I love that look. Um, What's crazy is I think a solid argument could be made that Newcastle has the best crop of keepers in the league because Martin Dubrovka has played a ton of premier league matches. He's real. He's really solid. And then, uh, Karius as well. I think he's, he's played quite a bit, um, 
as well. He he was Liverpool's keeper back in the day. Yeah. So I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, that's that's a and bizarre when, turn of events for new. I was trying to figure out what cup tie meant. I'm not gonna lie, I had no idea until mm. this all happened, and they're like, "Oh my god, Newcastle can't even use their Dubrovka because he's cup tied." I was like, "I don't know what the hell that means." Yeah. So, you what? What was that, Kyle? What did you say? You, you can't use your what? Dubrovka? What did you say? So, they, so Dubrovka is actually the backup goalkeeper at Newcastle United. But he can't play because he played for Manchester United in the Cup earlier in the year. Because he was on United on loan, and then Newcastle called him back. There's there's a lot going on there, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> there's hey, a I'll, lot take word. I'll take your word for that one. <laughs> Yeah. If you play in a cup for a team, but then leave that team and go to another team, you you cannot play for this new team. Once you've played one cup match with one team, you're cup tied, like you're tied to this team because yeah, yeah. you played in that cup with them. So it's crazy. It's a that's a just a bizarre turn of events for new. Bengali red card in the back of his cup tied. Is that what you're saying? Yep. So they have to use their third string keeper. Yeah. How bad? How bad is he? Uh, he's we'll actually not out. terrible. I guess we'll find out. But watch, this will mean Newcastle's going to win the game <laughs> <laughs> in, in a penalty shootout. Yeah, everybody's going in. They're just like, "Oh, we got this." United's taking this cup finally, first cup in seven years, and then they're going to lose to the third string keeper. Yeah. But all that to say, I think Liverpool is a team to watch out for. I it feels yeah. like it feels like Champions League positioning, that fourth positioning. It feels like it's out of reach, but they have two games in hand with Tottenham, and they're only seven points behind them. So, especially if they're turning this around and they're starting to get them kind of figure their their stuff out, uh, Liverpool definitely has a shot. I think so for sure. And we got to remember they're chasing Spurs and Spurs are going to spur because they always spur. They always spur. We just talked about the big clubs, the top clubs, but we got to give a special shout out to Fulham and Brentford who continue to just play really great football. Fulham to get a one nil win on the road two uh against brighton is a great victory for them um and then brentford not necessarily a great victory but to or not even a great draw uh with crystal palace but for them to to get kind of a last minute goal um to equalize against palace to keep themselves uh in the top half of the table is is just really impressive two teams playing playing well brentford hasn't lost for a while fulham with two two wins in a row um just just very very impressive fulham is united we've already talked about how great they've played since the world cup break fulham is in second with 19 points since the world cup plus seven goal differential they've moved up uh a number of spots on the, in the table and Brentford fifth 
behind Arsenal and City with 16 points since the World Cup break. So uh, good victories or a good victory for Fulham, a nice draw for for Brentford this weekend. So uh, they're they're really great. Yeah, well, well. I just looked up Fulham when they were relegated two years ago. Scored they got twenty eight points in the league that year. Yeah, and they're already at thirty eight this season in fourteen less games. So what a difference two years made. Could you imagine if we sat down with with uh, Kyle Smith right now? We're like, hey, there's something we need to tell you. Fulham's really good. <laughs> totally. <laughs> That's funny. We don't to even talk about Wolves. Uh, Bournemouth would be a travesty to to all the other teams in the league that played well. But I just want to make this comment: Wolves are approaching a full calendar year since a striker has scored for them in the Premier League. That's it's, great. It's How is that even possible? I know it's it's where has has I've Lopetegui. How do you pronounce his name? Lopetegui. Yeah, is he not playing Diego Costa, or is Diego Costa hurt? No, he's come in a little bit. Okay. I just think he. We have guys who are past their prime. Like Costa can right. only do so much, and he's not like you. You can see how like kind of slow he is around the ball. Like he's had, he's had some opportunities and he's just slow around the ball in the box. Same with Raul. He, unfortunately, ever since the injury, he's just never been the same. And so. Is he ever going to play for Wolves again? He's played. He's featured in some matches. Yeah. Okay. No, he's, he's featured. So, um, but I think both those guys will be gone. And to be fair, we, we signed, uh, Kalajic in the off season, he tore his ACL in the first 30 minutes. So uh, Fabio Silva is out on loan. So we have some striker and Fabio Silva is playing great on loan. He scored double digit goals this year on loan. So there's some options uh, for next year, but right now it's, it's a mess. Fair enough. Well, let's move to American watch. Again, we already mentioned Fulham, but Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson continue to lead that back line uh, for Fulham. Another clean sheet for them. Leeds falling away, really struggling. Um, but I don't know if you saw Weston McKinney had a great goal line clearance uh, during that during their match. So some some bright spots for our Americans, but, uh, Pulisic still injured, still not playing Chris, Chris, uh, Richards for crystal palace. He hasn't really featured very much recently. So, uh, but Robinson and Reem doing us proud in the premier league. For sure. Two things we thought we would never say two years ago again. And we should say since last recording, Jesse Marsh, was the new Southampton manager and then wasn't the new Southampton manager. So uh, they had a contract deal. They only offered him, I guess, a six month contract to finish out the season. And he wanted more than that. Um, And I don't blame him for not taking it. Yeah. 
Who so, wants to be a lame duck six month coach? You no, know, like he'll wind up somewhere else. He's he's a good manager. Maybe not, cha- cha- maybe championship level or go back to to Germany or somewhere else. But uh, he'll he'll get a job somewhere. He should be coaching the uh, U.S. Men's National Team. Maybe we'll see. Uh, hair watch. This isn't new hair. I just can't believe it hasn't been mentioned and I'm sure Kyle <laughs> will appreciate this, but Fred, who's caught, who's Chris's favorite, favorite player on United. That's tongue. Kyle doesn't know, but Fred, Fred, just Fred. Fred really? Just, just yeah. type in Fred. Yeah. United. Manchester United Fred. You'll find him. You'll find him or Brazil. Fred, he plays for Brazil. But he has some serious Coolio vibes going on, and uh, it just has to be mentioned. It's a shame that we've made it this long without mentioning it. But uh, Fred's Coolio hair—it's the best thing about best thing about him. It's it's crazy because it's the dreadlocks, but they're all going the wrong way. Yeah, I, I call it the Medusa. That's what I that's what I named it. Oh, Medusa, yeah. Yeah, I called it the Medusa because they're like a bunch of little snakes po- poking up. Yeah. <laughs> It seemed especially Coolio-like, though, in this last match. Yeah, well, his back ones are, like, totally sticking straight up. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what the deal is. He kind of – he's always kind of had the the hair going forward as opposed yep. to down. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that's all the time we need to devote for Fred. That's true. That's true. Again, I love the guy off the pitch. He's, like, one of the coolest guys. And his teammates love him. As a fan, he sucks. I see his hair. Now he's just got to color that, make it blonde or pinker. <laughs> Love it. I'm not sure if you guys have any goals that stood out to you. I thought Sokka's one timer was really beautiful for their, I think, first goal. Um, James Ward Prowse. I mean, it feels dumb to even. It feels boring to even mention a James Ward Prowse set piece goal, but. We should. We love James Ward-Prowse. Everyone loves a James Ward-Prowse set-piece goal. So, uh, I really want to see him on a good club. Yeah. like I want to see what he can do with like higher-level talent. We may. We may. If Southampton Southampton goes down, we might see him on a better club. Yeah. Do you – I mean, I know we're not – this isn't on the sheet or anything, but like do you feel comfortable – ruling any team out right now with what ruling a team out like looking at the relegation zones southampton leeds west Ham, bournemouth everton they're all down there uh do you feel comfortable going that team's out no no not at all i mean i think if anything it's just gotten tight it's it felt like there was a bit of breathing room that was starting to be created and then this weekend kind of flipped things on, on its head a little bit because you had, you had Southampton winning, Everton winning, Bournemouth winning, Forrest getting a draw, um, a, a draw where they, I mean, going into it, you didn't think they'd get any points. So you had three of the bottom clubs getting, getting three points. And so it really sucked up that, uh, that lower, that lower table. So, um, 
you know, there's, there's only eight points separating Crystal Palace from Southampton at the bottom. Crystal Palace is only six points out of the relegation zone. So yeah, uh, there's I mean, that's crazy. I mean, there's 11 to 20 are separated by 10 points. Yeah. 11 to 20. That's yeah. I mean, we're not in week three. Like that's Villa, crazy. Yeah. And Villa's dropped three in a row. Palace has had four draws and a, and a loss in their last five. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're going to see the teams bounce up and down. Southampton's only three points behind Bournemouth. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, there's no one, there's no one safe. I would say crystal palace is, is probably safe. You know, but I mean, it's only six points. There's just so many teams in between them. That's, that's the thing. A lot's got to go wrong but I keep including them in this uh, post world cup mini league because of how poorly they've played since, since the break. But um, no, I don't, I don't think any team's going down for sure. And I don't think any team's safe out of those nine teams. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I, just, I was looking at, I mean, usually by this time of the season, you can go, okay, well, see you later, you know, but yeah, this is there's just a lot of bad. There's just a lot of like bad to barely mediocre teams. So yeah, you know teams be- teams like Wolves look like they were turning the corner. Were playing amazing, had a good like fixture schedule ahead of them, and then go and lose to Bournemouth, right? So, and that's a, a relegation uh, opponent, like someone else buying for relegation. They call those six pointers. Like games yeah. where, you know, it's a six point swing. You know, if, if wolves, if wolves win that match, wolves would be in 13th place, you know, but instead now Bournemouth's only two points behind wolves. It's crazy. Yeah. I think this is going to be our first season since we've been doing this day where there's going to be a race at the top and a race at the bottom. Yeah. I think you're right. Which will be fun. Yeah. Fun. yeah. How many years have you all? What year is this? Five, right? Season five. Season five. Veterans, man. Well, let's move on to best bet. Uh, It was a wild best bet weekend. It was the best we've done in a long time. I nearly won $1,100 because of (laughs) our, our lunacy. That's so great. And uh, yeah, so last week we had a lot of long shots on here and we hit a lot of long shots. So, so kudos, kudos to everybody except for Andrew. Um, so Andrew was our lone loss last week. He took fours plus 850, which is obviously an insane bet against Manchester City. And it almost freaking hit. It almost hit. They drew. They drew. So uh, wrapping up last week. Uh, Kyle and I, we both had Fulham plus 400. Fulham won. 400 bank. Of the bank. Uh, that took Kyle back to zero on his season. So good job, Kyle. I'm Go. down to the negative. I'm below 600, finally. So I'm in the negative 570s, uh, which I haven't been in quite some time. So that's a good one. Um, and then Tim maybe had a safe bet. But at those odds, take being able to take Liverpool at plus 180, um, solid bet for Tim. So he won 180 bucks. He's down at 500, negative 500. 
And then Nate with the biggest win of the season, taking that Southampton money, the plus 800, and he nailed it. So he is now below negative 500. He's at negative 486. And that brings us to this week, Tim. Stick with his guns. He's going with Liverpool again. Um, Liverpool is playing none other than Crystal Palace this week, and they are minus 140 favorites. So he's looking at about $71 on the win there if he can pull it off. Andrew, who is uh, asleep right now, he's no longer with us. He's either asleep in a coma or he's in another world. Um, I don't know so, what's happening. He dropped yeah. twice, didn't pay his internet bill. Who knows what happened with, with him? Yeah, but he is taking Fulham this week at plus 130. Fulham is playing Wolves at home. So, not, you know, not bad odds for a team that's playing really good against a lower um, table team right now, especially coming off a loss to Bournemouth. So I'm kind of surprised to even see Fulham at a plus this week. But, you know, respect to Wolves and their latest run, I guess. All right. That brings us to you, Nate. Who are you going with? Well, I'll just tell a, just a brief story, but I, I, I texted these guys after Southampton pulled off the victory because, and I basically said, you know, is best bet over that plus 800. That's a big, that's a big victory. Um, you know, do I just, at this point, do I just need to dribble the ball into the corner and let the, let the game run out. And so, uh, while I don't think this is the best bet of the weekend, I actually think Chris, I think Chris is the best bet. This is a performative best bet where I am, I am dribbling the ball into the corner and hoping I can just nickel and dime, uh, 60 to 50 bucks to 80 bucks here and there and just, and put the game, put put the game out. So maybe it's a little early, you know, we're in the 60th minute. So it might be a little early to dribble the ball in the corner. So with that, I'm taking Arsenal at mon- minus 145 uh, to beat Leicester City. Yeah, and that'll that'll net you a win of, six, we're going to call it $69 even. 69 bucks, I'll take it. So um, my best bet it's kind of like my philosophy of last week. If there's a pretty decent team on the road against a bottom tier team, I'm going to go with it. And Love it. to be getting plus 400 again is awesome. So I'm taking Nottingham Forest coming off of their 1-1 draw with uh, Man City this week. They're plus 400 on the road at West Ham, which just seems insane. Um, I know we just talked about how all these teams are kind of bundled up and bunched up, but West Ham has been so bad this lately and even this year. Um, I'm taking force plus 400 to win 400 and move me just that much closer to uh, being in the green. All right. So that only leaves one person and it's our main man, Kyle, who loves to do his live bet. So we have no idea which way Kyle's going. So, Kyle, what are you thinking? Tottenham Hotspurs. All right. So, Tottenham is playing. Chelsea, plus 145. Yep. So, Tottenham 
over Chelsea at plus 145. That is basically going to net you 145 bucks, Kyle. That'll put you into the green, getting closer to Nate. Nate's actually at a plus 46. I miss, misspoke earlier. That plus 800 puts him into the green, not the red. So nice job, Nate. Thank you. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna correct you, but thank you for for recognizing. All right. So that is our best bet brought to you by none other than FanDuel. FanDuel almost owed me eleven hundred dollars. I would have cashed out though. Had had uh had Forrest actually beat City and my remaining game was Liverpool over Newcastle, I'm I'm certain they would have offered me plenty of money to have me cash out early. So, oh, well, I don't bet those bets thinking I'm actually going to win $1,100. So it's just a dollar lost. But it almost happened. It, but it almost happened, which I just need one of those to hit. And that'll be great. That'll fund my my next trip to, to England. So um, match of the week. There's really only one match that's probably worth watching. Um, and that's that's Tottenham-Chelsea. I would say uh, there's a lot of weird matches, mostly because there's only eight matches this weekend because of the Carabao Cup finals. So Newcastle and Manchester United, whoever they were meant to play this week, uh, they are not. So those those game those matches got kicked out, and Carabao Cup final on Sunday. Newcastle versus United. Newcastle with their third keeper. Uh, but should be good. Neither of these teams have, I don't even think played in a, in a cup final for a few years. So uh, whoever wins, it'll be good to see someone else with some, some silverware, someone new. Yeah. This will be United's first cup final in two years. They had the, I think it was the Carabao cup two years ago where it went to PKs. Oh yeah. And it went, all the way to the goalkeepers because that, that was against Liverpool, is. right? I think so. Yeah, it was. And it was uh, all the way to the keepers, and David De Gea missed his kick and then couldn't stop the other keepers. So, you know what they say about the Caribou Cup if you win it, you celebrate it, and when you lose it, you make fun of it because it doesn't really matter. So, either way, everybody's gonna win on Sunday. And the game that got postponed for United was against Brentford this weekend. And that's a huge match for United fans because the Brentford game was the asking oh, game that turned it all around. That's right. That was the second match of the year. Yep. That's right. So it'll be interesting to see when that gets rescheduled. Kyle, you, the match, you feel free to watch Spurs Chelsea or Newcastle United on Sunday. Both of those will be, uh, well, Newcastle Manchester United would be the one I would watch of those two. But however, you have been selected to watch Leeds, Southampton. There's not a lot you need to know, except Leeds <laughs> is has three Americans. That's the most important thing about Leeds. Well, I know any of them. Uh they're they're great players. Weston McKinney. And Tyler Adams are midfielders for Leeds. They're so you'll you'll recognize them, Kyle, once you watch the game because they were very prominent players for the, our World Cup team. So yes. even though World Cup, I good chance I'm not going to remember. Yeah, they're both like really prominent U.S. men's national. Right. Teams. 
I literally remember one guy, and that was the guy from Weston, Chelsea. Weston McKinney is the guy. He has kind of like a fro, and he had it dyed with like red, red and blue, like a little, like a little strip dyed red and blue. I like that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Brennan Aronson is a striker for them. He's not starting anymore, but he's still coming on usually towards the end of the matches. So um, you'll want to keep your eye on leads. They're fun as an American. They're not, they're not very good right now, but uh, they have three Americans. So. Oh, they're second to the worst. Yeah. And they're playing Southampton. I mean, you're getting a oh, real. Uh, you, you give me the last two teams. Yeah, but it should be a good match, right? Then, therefore, it should be a good match. At least really, equally really matched good. clubs. Yeah, that's true. All right, well, I'll watch the relegation bowl then on, uh, at some point on Monday, probably. <laughs> Do it. Do it. <laughs> Any other last-minute thoughts, gentlemen? Neg- negative, I'm good. Yeah, I got nothing. I think we did a good job covering it all this week, guys. Well, Chris, you can still say Glazers out, even though it sounds like Elliots are trying to keep him in. We we could probably talk about this offline, uh, but that's gotta be the dumbest investment an investment group could ever get their hands involved in. Like they have literally saddled one of the most profitable entities in the world with like one point one billion dollars of debt over the last 17 years and someone's willing to hand them money to be like, no, no, we want to fund you guys because we believe you're going to start making money all of a sudden. Like it's insane that that's even being talked about. It's but anyway, all that to say, I'm, I feel like we're as close to blazers out as ever. And I believe it's going to be Qatarian. And I don't know. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. We'll talk about it when it happens, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be Qatarian. And actually, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. All right. Well, we will talk about it when it happens. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Soccer Neophytes. Rate, review, subscribe to our podcast if you like it. Share it with your friends. Share it with your like uh, your your soccer curious friends, your your football curious friends, who are maybe dabbling with with this this world's most beautiful game. Peace, gentlemen. See you.